Hello and howdy, this is the hair and the whole vibe, the Trend Crim podcast. I'm Balt. And I'm Lou. And this is your reminder that this is not a spoiler-free podcast. We are going to discuss the latest episode of Ted Lasso and, you know, anything that might happen in the future. Yeah, not that we know much about the future. <laughs> no, that, that used to be a very relevant warning. It really no longer is. There's not much that we know anymore. There's actually nothing. Mm-hmm. We, actually, I have some thoughts about the next episode, but okay. that's for later. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Let's talk about this episode first. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't much um, Trent Crim content. But I think if there had been more of what we did have, it would have been too much to handle. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that it was only one scene. <laughs> appreciate yeah. them taking care of our well-being. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate also the scene that we have because like for me personally, that was a rough episode to watch. Like it was emotionally yeah. very taxing. And this little fun diamond dog scene the beautiful Trent Krim diamond dog scene. That he's, was really what, what saved my mood that day. <laughs> finally a diamond dog. And I know we say this every single goddamn time at this point, but had we made the bingo <laughs> later or with more faith, uh, Trent being a diamond dog would have 100% been on our bingo because that was yeah. a big wish. And it became increasingly more likely as this mm-hmm. season progressed. But now it's finally, we finally have him. As a yeah. diamond dog, it's, fi- it's it feels complete now. Everything, amazing, yeah. It was very funny because, it, like, even when we got the first promo pick on Monday, that was the scene of Trent in the office with yep. Roy and Beard yep. and Ted, and I was immediately like, "Oh, this is gonna be Diamond Dog Trent yeah. finally!" And I like, yeah, I I was convinced and I was so happy when it happened. Then afterwards, I went to um, Tumblr to update the bingo. And I saw we didn't even have it on the bingo. That is so cute. Hell yeah, bingo. God, oh no. No. This is truly our experience because we either we should have just made a new one after like the mm-hmm. first episode to be like, wait, actually we have more faith now. We, we're going to include more. Um, or I don't know. We Maybe initially we should have just had more faith i think i think yeah. we learned our lesson about the leader <laughs> here really yeah good. maybe we should um just for future reference always make two bingos one being like a normal one and one being the unhinged version and i'm pretty sure if we had made the unhinged version we would have that's, had a bingo by now that's good. yeah no we would have because a lot of things that we wanted to see did happen and if we had only put them on the bingo we would 100 percent have had to have a bingo <laughs> at this point we're so yeah. close though we're so mm-hmm. close Okay, so let's talk about the scene. I mean, before he became a diamond dog, that was already pretty, pretty yeah. a pretty precious scene of them standing at the window watching Henry yeah. play with Will <laughs> Kidman. That exchange was... This is literally how my friends and I talk. This is how we talk. Mm-hmm. Like, is this still playing or child labor? <laughs> Late stage capitalism, what's the difference? Word. Like, that is yeah. just how we talk. <laughs> Yeah, my note on that is Comrade Krim. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yes. Exactly. Um, those words, like th- those words out of his mouth, that yeah. that brought me already so much joy. <laughs> that was already great. Already made me laugh mm-hmm. so much, Comrade yeah. Krim. In late stage capitalism, what's the difference? Oh Jesus! <laughs> like so true. he is this kind of intellectual character 
that um, in this setting can get away with saying stuff like that. <laughs> and it works so well like, with... The, yeah, he fits in perfectly because then Beard's mm-hmm. like, word, like this is exactly the kind yeah. of group that vibes like this, that talks like this. It's amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and then I was thinking about Ted's rom-communism and all of that suddenly made a lot of sense. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep, good point. They're on the They're same page. They're all communists. Rom-communists. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how American TV shows can get away with putting communists in their television. <laughs> so true. So true. That's the only way. <laughs> and they did it. Yeah. So that that's the first little glimpse that we get of Trent in that episode. Um, and then it's already to the Diamond Dogs. Right? Already Diamond Dogs. Yeah. And again, this is just, it was such a beautiful James Lyons reaction opportunity again because mm-hmm. obviously we i don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast but we definitely talked about wanting to see him completely bewildered by the diamond dogs concept because these mm-hmm. grown men suddenly start barking at him and yeah. yeah we got exactly what we wanted plus an extra mm-hmm. roy just scaring the shit out of him by slamming <laughs> the door which yeah. and i noticed i like i really fully realized this on my rewatch closing the door does nothing in this office they can still mm-hmm. talk completely normal to each other like it really doesn't yeah. it, it's just a symbolic gesture yeah <laughs> it's it's roy does it for the symbolism yeah <laughs> it's it's great because they keep like yeah. they don't even adjust their volume or anything to talk to mm-hmm. him it's just no. no reason to slam the door he just did that to, <laughs> to scare trent maybe i don't know yeah and also he still fully participates because exactly he's still know. completely involved it's great yeah. yeah but what i liked about like how the scene was set up is that ted starts this meeting by posing this question of mm. uh, where would you all propose if you could do it anywhere in the world and uh, like the, it's not even an official diamond dogs meeting yet and yeah it's already immediately clear that trent is a part of this conversation like yeah. just talking about random stuff about personal life um shit yeah. and yeah it's so cute and also i like the little touch that again they keep giving us moments where roy and trent are very similar mm-hmm. and this was another one where they simultaneously say paris like they are mm-hmm. completely I, I love this little detail where they keep making these two very similar mm-hmm. in many ways I, I think it's a wonderful touch whether or not yeah. you like either for shipping purposes or just in general <laughs> i think it's very fascinating to have these two very opposed characters be so similar yeah yeah and then i think because they like both say paris immediately that's also why Roy feels kind of betrayed when <laughs> when Trent is asked if he's in or out um, of the Diamond Talks, and he <laughs> immediately says in. <laughs> like Roy, oh, I think Roy he... is, feels personally betrayed by that. He maybe thinks Trent will be the one to see reason that this is all a ridiculous yeah. thing. <laughs> he hoped they would both retreat to their little side office. <laughs> Self there. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I also oh, love Trent's enthusiasm. Like listening to Beard mm-hmm. explain and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm in." Like I love that for him of course mm-hmm. he loves this this is great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like group therapy for yeah, men <laughs> exactly it's perfect it's exactly what he's been talking mm-hmm. about this whole time about you know how important it is for men to talk about their feelings <laughs> yeah it's it's i think the diamond dogs once again are just a very visual like example for how ted works i always come back to this that trend is kind of an a stand-in for audience that doesn't know Ted Lasso well yeah like 
he's still not used to this whole scenario of grown men barking at each other or talking <laughs> about their feelings like opening up um and but i think it's mostly the barking that bewildered <laughs> yeah but but still he's not used to probably um to to a bunch of grown no assumed heterosexual men <laughs> talking about their feelings oh yeah i mean he um, used to be one that struggled a lot with it yeah, so yeah yeah and i especially in this setting that's not usual i'm pretty sure mm -hmm. and as we saw in that other scene with uh with nate and his love hounds um uh that that's not a normal thing and trent is still surprised by that and we as an audience who have gotten used to you know these conversations yeah. like that we get reminded that this is not the norm because trent is there now and i like that yeah, I love that they just, I don't know if they keep doing this on purpose or if this is just what happened to this character, that he's the audience stand-in. He, he, mm -hmm. He's very explicit about the things that the audience might wonder about. Mm. I love that. And so now, once again, he has no way to keep up the pretense that he's just there to observe because he is fully a part mm. of this now. He's mm. a, he's like the first first item of this meeting is making him an official new member. Um, literal member. A literal yeah. member. No longer an observer. An actual literal member. <laughs> yep. He has no way out now. <laughs> he's in it for good. <laughs> Stuck. I mean, we knew this when he locked his keys in his car. But mm -hmm. he's fine. I think. I think after um, the uh, episode before, where he had his absolute meltdown about how amazing the lesser way is, yeah, he, he's accepted that he's in it now. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think so too. Like that's why he doesn't even hesitate when Trent asks, uh, when Ted asks about <laughs> the location of like where would you get in, uh, engaged, and that's why he doesn't hesitate either when uh, yeah. he's asked if he wants to participate. He's also, just in it now. I think it's very cute that they all agreed that Trent can and should join that no one's like mm. on the fence because especially when you remember back to the um early episodes where Higgins specifically said please don't put that in the book and that mm. seemed like probably a very prominent thing that might happen in the mm -hmm. season that people are very wary about um Trent being around that mm -hmm. they now fully agree like yes we should let him into our discussions yeah. of our deepest feelings I love that mm. Yeah. I also would have been very awkward to say no in this situation. <laughs> He's just standing That's there with true. his little mark like, no, where's he going to go? To the office where he can still hear everything? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think it's remarkable that they all fully trust him now. And we've yeah. discussed before that that is because he participated in, um, you know, he found the footage of Nate and... Yeah. Um, did that to help the team and so they trust him now and we as an audience have even more reason to trust him because we also know that he kept the secret and that Colin is gay which isn't something that the people in this room know I think that's yeah, we... also partially why his role was so small this episode because I think yeah. next episode is gonna be much bigger yeah I think so too and yeah then I just love his whole approach to the diamond dogs yeah. that's he he's first of all there watching it happen. Like when they all bark, he I guess awkwardly, maybe silently barks along. I think he like makes like a sort of he he tries to like acknowledge this happening, but it's like yep. he doesn't know what to say, so he's just standing there like <laughs> moving his mouth as if he's yep. about to do or say something, but he's not sure what the protocol is. Yes. So he he still stays silent mm -hmm. to observe what's happening. Yeah. 
so he just watches as Beard gives a reply um, and <laughs> Higgins gives a reply. And I think it's so sweet that he even asks. So, uh, you know, can, yeah. can I just talk whatever? <laughs> that was that so was... cute. Yeah. I love him so much. My 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 sweet autistic king. Yeah. Can I just talk whenever? Like, what is the <laughs> protocol? What is what is the script for this situation? Mm-hmm. I relate to that so much. What that a mood. was uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so sweet. And yeah, and then when he gets the permission, he doesn't really um hold back. He just yeah. pulls um like presents his opinion the same way the other two did and. Uh, shows that he's willing to to help Ted with this situation. He fit in so well. Yeah. And then this adorable grown 40-something-year-old man let out the most adorable sound with the most adorable face I have ever seen or heard in my entire life. Uh, Because, yes, he understood now, okay, everyone is barking. I am also supposed to bark because I'm a member (laughs) now. But the route he chose was not the sort of like howling that all the others do with with the diamond dogs, but instead (laughs) the most cartoonish woof I've ever heard in my life. And with with the face, it's so unbelievably cute. It was more than I ever could have hoped for because... I mean, we knew it would be fun and interesting mm-hmm. to see Trent as a diamond dog, but it was so much better than anything I expected. Yeah. I, I keep having this moment on a loop because I just can't believe how adorable this grown man can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I saw that and I immediately knew, oh, this is the this is going to be the title of our episode, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's all I cared about. Like, it's yeah. just... <laughs> because so they were i just i i just know that i was james lance going oh i know what trent would do i know what trent how he would sound how he would bark i know exactly what i'm gonna do with this mm-hmm. oh, it's so cute and it was approved it counted yeah they loved him for it oh, God, I love him. you know they they love him for his autistic swag <laughs> and his, his crunch move. yes <laughs> as do we yeah, it's not cringe fail. It's amazing. It's the most amazing thing I've ever. I mean, cringe fail is is affectionate. Yeah, and it's I th- I what I like most about it is that, you know, he's clearly still feeling a little bit awkward about it, but he does it anyway. He like fully commits now. It's so sweet. <sighs> so like it's cute. that's that's the opposite of the the scene. Um, you know where where he has this complete oh my god it's gonna work because that's just impulse you know that's yeah. all of that just flowing out of him and him being completely whack uh, but not on purpose this little wolf that's on purpose and that makes me happy it was so cute and the cutest face too i didn't even know a grown man can look that adorable <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right should have said no. no i'm kidding we have more <laughs> yeah. to talk about <laughs> I mean, you you said you have some theories about the upcoming episodes. Maybe we we can talk about that a little. Yes, the next episode is called La Locker Room Ufol, which is obviously a reference to uh, what we talked about uh, quite a bit, the birdcage, which originally is called La Cage Ufol. And it's, I mean, we we knew a while ago that the birdcage songs would not be in the finale when we realized, oh, there's not enough songs on the soundtrack mm-hmm. to fill a whole season. Um, we just, I don't know, we didn't didn't have space to like address that yet, but we, we already knew it wasn't going to be the finale after all. So all of these theories mm. about the grand gay moments are gone. 
um, for now. Yeah. But yeah, it's that it's going to be the next episode, and it's going to focus on like the description said, Colin and Isaac, which mm. also means uh, Trent is a hundred percent gonna be there a lot more because he is sort of Colin's closest confidant um, in at the club uh, in mm. regards to uh, being gay. And it's oh, we already got this moment in this episode between Colin and Isaac, where Colin, uh, where Isaac found out that Colin mm. is gay. And it was very tense, and I know that they played it like very ambiguous on purpose, so that mm. you know we'd be excited for what happens next. The same way they played it ambiguous when Trent found out. Yeah, like it's just how they do in TV shows. Mm. But I think with there being, I think it's two or three Birdcage songs. I think, two. I think it's two, yeah. Um, At least on the playlist, which isn't complete as we know. So yeah. who knows? But like, I think Hey Jude wasn't on the playlist uh, because it was so played too. live. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> mm. So the fact that they have two songs from this one musical in there, is, it feels like that's gonna, like, someone said, like, oh, musical episode, which I loved. Like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. it's coming out. Um, episode is now a musical episode. Everyone that sings birdcage songs. Fun. That would be <laughs> fucking funny. That, that would be would, wild. Oh, wow. But I think just in general, it's gonna be interesting to see how this uh, musical or movie—I don't know which one—they're gonna focus on. Um, gonna mm. play into this um whole story. It's really, really yeah. fascinating. I wonder who brings it up because we know Ted is a big musical fan, so mm-hmm. very excited to see how this all comes together. Yeah. And it's interesting because I I I think at one point I said um, that not sure how the songs relate to Colin because he's more of a himbo than a than a show tunes guy, but he referenced show tunes at least once this season, so mm. he, he's maybe a little bit into that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. I know it's very unusual because they usually don't have like multiple songs from like one source, mm. so it feels like it's gonna be a big big thing and they, they named the whole episode after it so yeah that's was... very it's very interesting it's very unusual even for this show yeah there was an alternative episode title i think that i don't remember right now but it's like this whole season the way they changed the titles that they have and to other titles and maybe change them sometimes even after the episode was put out oh yeah it's <laughs> very strange i think <laughs> it's very it keeps us on our toes for sure yeah, like even them going back, editing footage, uh, edit, editing text messages <laughs> in episodes that have already aired. <laughs> I think they're struggling a little bit. They are committing bit. to this whole, the show is never over bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. But yeah, so we have this title. We have two songs from this musical. It is definitely and, related to Colin. Um, I mean, just in general, like the birdcage very, very much fits into the less away philosophy, like mm. the way that the story is like about, you know, accepting and about love and, you know, this this whole story about these very um, bigoted people having to accept that people they don't like exist and are good people and deserve happiness and deserve mm. rights. Like that is feels like a very Ted Lasso philosophy thing the whole story so it makes sense to connect these two together i'm just very interested Mm. to to see how exactly they're coming together nathan lane cameo when (laughs) nathan lane cameo Uh, when (laughs) that yeah uh that would be beautiful no but but for real i think we will get some beautiful um trent and colin interactions because this is going to be a struggle for colin but 
I I do have to say I like the way the storyline line is introduced because from the way it seems to me right now is the way Isaac found out was sure he um broke Colin's privacy, but he had good reason because Colin was acting shifty and he had some had said some sexist stuff before. Like um Isaac had good reason to assume that Colin wouldn't delete the images, so that's why he took the phone yeah. and that's how he found out. I think he is not going to say anything to anybody, but he's gonna no. like definitely gonna be, I don't know, somehow shook or affected by it. And yeah. it will also affect Isaac. So I think we might get uh, an outcome where Colin feels kind of pressured to talk about this now because he's afraid that, you know, otherwise it will come out in a way that he can't control. Um, but maybe through conversations with Trent, will you know, find a good way to do it on his own terms. I think that yeah. that's where we had it. And yeah, I'm, I'm expecting sort of that the two of them who are known to be like very good friends have a lot of tension that's very clear to everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to, you know, become so much that it's going to be inescapable to talk about mm-hmm. it. And... It's going to be very interesting and intense because, I mean, they've mm. set this whole thing up about this casual homophobia in football mm. and even in this specific club or may- maybe not explicitly homophobia, but like, you know, this these jokes that are only mm. acceptable if you're straight. But mm. um, if you're suddenly gay, it might be dangerous to say something like that. Mm. And it's very it's going to be a lot. And it's not I mean, it's not going to be the most intense. I know there are it could be even worse in reality and the show mm-hmm. usually tends to you know tune it down a little bit yeah. from reality because it's still a comedy show but even though it it hits pretty hard when when it hits so mm-hmm. and I, I mean i said before like at the beginning beginning of this episode that we don't know much of what's coming going forward because this is like the point now where we don't have uh, footage from the trailer anymore or barely any footage we don't have behind the scenes pictures anymore um we don't have the playlist anymore nope. so we go into this knowing nothing and um we know that ted is struggling right now and is going like through it. a difficult time going through it yeah and I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure about you, but I still assume that at some point him going back to Kansas will be a thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was, again, this episode mm-hmm. really drove it back home again with Henry saying he has the most flight miles of any kid. Like, yes. ouch. Okay. Yeah. Also, Henry playing the Wizard of Oz pinball. Um, and there's some stuff going on. And um... although I did like that they didn't make Henry like um, upset about it, he just mm-hmm. noted that he doesn't yeah. seem to necessarily mind that his father mm-hmm. is so far away. I think that Ted is really making this problem for himself inside his head mostly. And we see this yeah. in this episode that he is making up his own problems. Yeah. Yes. And the way I always assumed this is going to go, like Ted going back, was that I thought, okay, he is going to see at some point that the team doesn't need him anymore. 
So for that to be the case, um, I think we might lead to, you know, the situation where the team both on the field with the total football thing and um, in the locker room with, uh, you know, sorting out this whole coming out stuff and um, Mm. Colin and Isaac making up without Ted interfering at all. Maybe, maybe that's something that can make Ted feel like he's not needed anymore and what makes him decide to go back home yeah I I Um, think that is a strong theory yeah so that we have kind of a balance because I think we have that in in previous seasons as well like when when Ted was at a low point that other storylines were you know starting to look up again Mm -hmm. um and and becoming better um just to have the some like sort of balance there because that's what a comedy show like that needs to yeah. to have a balance when you tackle the the difficult topics that's why i'm also very faithful with this coming out story that it's going to be ultimately uplifting mm. because that's just how this show is it wouldn't yeah. like use this to just add another thing on top of the already very depressing <laughs> and sad storylines yeah yeah i think so too i think like by the end of the next episode at least the tensions in the locker room will have uh, lifted or yeah. I don't know like like th- you know yeah. I mean like the birdcage it's a very tense story like the whole time it's very tense because you you think it's gonna blow up any moment and mm. then in the end the relief is like very satisfying because it's not depressing it's sort of it's funny and it's ironic and it's almost uplifting mm-hmm. and it's satisfying like I, that's uh, very much in line with the show and I think the whole episode will play like a mini birdcage probably yeah yes uh I would I, I'm so looking forward to it like yeah. I'm a little bit not scared I, I just know it's gonna be like difficult to watch just yeah. like the last episode but I'm also still very much looking forward to seeing it unfold exactly i've been waiting for this moment i've been waiting for this okay is it now time it is to time talk about the <laughs> once again one of the most insane interviews i've ever read once again james lance chose violence directed at us specifically yeah there was an article in the daily beast by fletcher peters uh, titled Ted Lasso star James Lance has a brilliant idea for a Trent Grimm spinoff. So we're going to definitely post the link so everyone can read the full thing. But for now, sort of the important thing is uh, he talked to James Lance about, you know, wanting to continue sort of doing Ted Lasso or doing Trent Grimm's story. And we've talked about that we definitely would love to see a Trent Grimm spinoff, how much sense it would make for this <laughs> show. And um, mm. how like how we imagine it could go but the thing is that James Lance finds himself in an awkward position where even if they did ha- do if, if they were planning this he couldn't mm. say it so he couldn't honestly yeah. seriously respond to like what the spin-off would be because that mm. would mean potentially compromising like very secret information that's out there um so what he chose was just giving the most <laughs> bad shit answers <laughs> that were possible <laughs> so so uh, in this article it says perhaps a trend crim spin-off is in order lance has an idea one small tweet has been a giant leap for trend kind <laughs> already this writer <laughs> this man this this uh, guy is yeah one of us 
love it. I love to see a journalist just mm-hmm. utterly losing it. Always, and, always uh, over Trent Crim for some reason. Always over Trent Crim. And here's the quote from James Lance. William Shatner, before he flew up into space, he said the only journalist he'd speak to was Trent Crim. He tweeted that. And I know this because someone sent it to me. He didn't make good on it. We're missing an opportunity there. And this is true. When when William Shatner mm-hmm. went into space, um, 2021, October 2021, I was for a second confused if it was last year, but it was actually the year before yeah. even. Um, he did tweet... Uh, sorry, the only reporter I'll talk to is Trent Krim from The Independent, which was one of those moments that I've almost forgotten because it really spoke to like the weird, iconic nature of Trent. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, he was not a big character in the show. Yeah. But this was somehow like if people thought about journalists, they thought about Trent Krim. Like this show somehow mm-hmm. managed to have this character with so little screen time, so heavily established that even the most casual viewers, even people who haven't watched the show, kind of knew about Trent Crim the Independent, Mm -hmm. which is partially because of how he's written with like his, you know, tagline that he comes with, Mm -hmm. but also obviously uh, credit to James Lance and his very iconic appearance that makes him very easy Mm -hmm. to remember. Yeah. But the fact that William Shatner, who I don't consider to be sort of, you know, in touch, (laughs) (laughs) said that was truly wild and i almost mm-hmm. forgot about it but james last hasn't james last has not I, I, I would also not forget about it, let's be honest as much as i uh, <laughs> do not love william shatner as a person i also would yeah. not forget it if he talk, talked about me specifically mm-hmm. or my character who is let's be real kind of also just him <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so what would happen on the show as our reporter friend here and lance said he should get Trent Krim to do an interview with him where he tells us about going up into space. But there's one caveat. Trent insists that he does it in a shuttle going up to space. <laughs> Lance said, when they get there, things go wrong. And I don't know if people who listen to this podcast know this. Maybe if you've seen like the little like clips or screenshots we post or you know me from other social medias. I am a little tiny bit um, a big space nerd so the concept mm. of Trent Krim going to space did something to my brain mm. that hurt I think <laughs> and I would imagine things would go wrong because the space shuttle program has been discontinued in 2011 so um, if they want to go up in a shuttle but fucking luck with that <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah. I know what he means but and it's obviously this was his attempt to sort of redirect the attention from like something that might possibly actually be in development to a joke mm-hmm. but it, it really shows a path that makes me personally most insane because now i do mm-hmm. want to see him in space <laughs> i do want to see that man get on a rocket and get shot up into space yeah. with his hair and zero gravity oh yeah oh yes i haven't even considered that zero of g you're so right yeah yes yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> and I love this. Things go wrong when they get there. Like, what are you talking? What, what? James, uh-huh. James? Please elaborate. Uh, amazing. He yeah, so, he is so not normal about anything, and I love it. I, I think I've recently seen someone on Tumblr talk about how, you know, he James Lance has done a lot of acting before, but any Trent Crim fan who has 
looked at his his IMDb <laughs> knows that there's just mostly obscure and strange stuff in there that not a lot of people know about. It's very British. It's not like big names of movies or TV shows. And I think maybe this is the first time he experiences this kind of attention. <laughs> so he just, yeah. you know, he just yeah. uses that platform to say whatever. <laughs> yeah, he really does. And he then also goes on to say that he wants Andrew Lincoln to uh, play, his <laughs> to play his love interest. Which, yeah. listen, I get it. If you want to shoot your shot and you get a chance, you gotta. But that was kind of a weird, <laughs> uh, kind of out of left field. To be that quite was honest, the most most random set. Like, <laughs> somehow more random than the space thing. To be honest, yeah, that's <laughs> okay. And that one guy from The Walking Dead is also there. <laughs> like, I feel like he was just binging The Walking Dead and was like, oh, "That that dude is gorgeous." And was like, "Oh yeah, he should play my love." <laughs> yeah, uh, James Lance, the uh, mind you have, <laughs> just like us beautiful I love that for him yeah I mean that that whole article is gold I can fully recommend reading it and especially looking at the weird header image that they made it's yeah so that is I love it that's sort of what my brain looks like at <laughs> yeah a really good it's representation of what it's like whole, to be a crew head the the baby girlification of <laughs> of Trent Krim and well J- James Lance actually I think because that's the that's the outfit he wore on the did we talk about we didn't even talk about we the didn't even for talk your about the for your consideration event but oh, I mean we yeah. are in the section where we talk about James Lance so this yeah is- okay let's do that now then maybe because yeah. But I, I'm not sure what to say about that. He wore I an know. outfit. He wore once again an outfit once again drove me nuts. Uh, once mm-hmm. again, he he has this thing. Like I think you you can see the times when he has a stylist and the times when he dresses him himself. And this yeah. fully seems like a time where he he chose these items and put yes. them on his yes. body and yes. i'm so grateful for it <laughs> i love it i mean i love both I, I love it when he gets to wear expensive clothes because yeah. a stylist to cut them for him but i also love when he wears his own stuff and it's just mm. incredible to look at i mean i have to admit i know for a fact that this turquoise cardigan he wore is also very expensive because mm. i looked it up <laughs> interesting um, so was, uh, I don't know. Maybe it was a stylist. I don't. No one has sounded yet, but I think every time he dresses himself, he chooses those very wide. I don't know what are they called, like th- kind those of, pants kind of with culotti, very, but very wide legs. Yeah, yeah ki- kind of culotti, but um, I don't really know if they have a specific. Mm. They always all almost look like skirts, and I appreciate. Yeah, that. I think he might be working up to a skirt, and I hope he does. That's what I Personally. was trying to to get at. That's oh, yeah. exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> Sorry. It does feel like that to me. No, it's okay. It's just the hive mind. Um, yeah, I'm so looking forward to the day where once again, he's on a carpet and he's just there in a skirt. I cannot wait. I I, I have a feeling it's going to (laughs) happen. It would be great. And it would be very in line with how he dresses and how he inexplicably talks about gender. Always Mm -hmm. love that. Yeah. What what more is there to say then? I don't think there was. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I mean, we we haven't talked about it because that was long before our podcast, but he has 
really brought some killer looks to the red carpets or blue mm. carpets or whatever carpets he's been on. It's yeah. whether he was styled or he he did it himself. It, it was always God, amazing and always kind of androgynous and just beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And when he wears his jewelry and when he brings his little fidgety stones yeah. to every single interview that he does, it's... And they always match his outfits too. I love that. Yeah. I wish I was yes. on that level of fidgeting where I match <laughs> them to my outfit. Yeah, me too. Oh, I have one more note, but I guess it's kind of too late for that now. It's not important anyway. Let's throw it how, out. You know, his mug... <laughs> how his mug is back and his purple shirt is back and he's such a splash of color in that um mm. in that manager's office but i think we discussed that before so that's fine yeah all right so that's it for uh, this episode um it's a short one but that's okay uh, we especially after the long one mm. uh, we want to thank david hyde for the music and mikuno salome on tumblr for our beautiful cover art and also thanks to everyone for listening and hanging out with us. Um, it's always, your, everyone's feedback is always greatly appreciated and we're just um, so happy every time you message us. So if yeah. you want to talk to us, you can reach us on Tumblr at crimcast.tumblr.com or you can send us an email at crimcast at gmail.com. Because as always, we, we love, love our, our chats. chats. Ooh, that was-